2: Everyone, welcome to the nfl week four episode of stacking the box uh sterling holmes and myself ian McMillan here to talk about for the next hour travis kelsey and taylor swift that's all we're going to talk about on the show today um no i am going to bring that up a little bit later on the show we have to talk about a sterling do but we are going to talk about uh, yes we do we are going to talk about some actual football uh we're going to recap this past week's action biggest winner uh, winner and loser Top story of the day, which relates to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, and then we're going to do a little quick preview for uh, week four games, including our best bets, which uh, we'll get to it later on in the show, Sterling. But both of us need a little bit of a bounce back in our picks uh, after week three, which was a complete disaster. Uh, but before we get into it, uh, football fans, DraftKings is up their sign up offer to kick off football season. New users can place a $5 bet instant, in, instantly to claim. Uh, $200 in bonus bets, plus up to $150 back in bonus bets. If your team loses, all you have to do is sign up with our code STB. That is STB. And using that code not only gets you these great bonuses, but it also directly supports our podcast. If you've been considering signing up for DraftKings, and you should, Make sure to use the code STB to maximize your first bets. Uh, and with that extra bonus of getting some money back, if you do lose in bonus bets, that's great, because if you tailor a picks, you need uh, some of that money back in bonus bets, because it was, it was a tough week this past week. Uh, this offer is only available to new customers who are 21-plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer to see if you qualify. Code STB. Yeah, Sterling. like like a haircut. You got to fade us. Yes, correct. Well, I mean, we started off good the first couple of weeks. Last week was was a tough one. Um, but yeah, we, we are going to get into that a little bit later in the show. Let's start off, Sterling, as always, with our biggest winners and losers of the week. Why don't you start us off? What's who's who or what is your biggest winner from this past week in the NFL? Uh,
3: whoever plays the Bears the rest of the season. Sorry, Bears fans, but that team is – you know what? Quite frankly, it's disrespectful to call it a dumpster fire because it's disrespectful to dumpster fires. They are that bad right now. What is going on in Chicago is not ideal. I said it when they had the first overall draft pick. Unless you are 100% certain Justin Fields is the guy. You draft a quarterback. You take a quarterback. You do not know when you're going to get that number one spot ever again. Well, they might get it next year because they are that – Bad. I mean, that team is just horrendous offensively, defensively, offensive line, coaching, special teams off the field. I mean, there's two fields in issues, Justin and their own as they're getting Gators and lawnmowers stolen. I mean, it's just an utter, I'm in utter disbelief about what's going on with the Chicago Bears. I tried to tell everyone to pump the brakes on them this offseason. Ian, I think you're in the same boat as me. People were not listening. People kept saying Chicago, NFC North champion, they might win a playoff game. Justin Fields, Dark Horse MVP candidate. I go, let's let him see what he can do first. Let's see him get into a top 10 offensive player before we try saying he's a Dark Horse MVP candidate. I wanted everyone to pump the brakes. They didn't. That team's bad. Whoever plays the Bears the rest of this season, they are my biggest winner.
2: Yeah, Justin Fields is one of the most bet on players to win uh, NFL MVP this year, which was uh, absolutely wild. We both called that in the offseason. Even I, though, didn't think they're going to be as bad as they have been. Who's the biggest dumpster fire, though? And ironically, we're going to see a a matchup between these two teams this week, the Bears or the Broncos. Who's the bigger dumpster fire? Bears. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. But but I All will right.
3: say that the Broncos have a good case, just based on we'll we'll get to it in a little bit. I'll, I'll give my biggest loser. Don't you worry about that one. Uh, but it's a it's a really close
2: call. Uh, my biggest winner of the week is Dolphins fans. Uh, jury's still out on just how good this Dolphins team is. I think, and we are actually going to talk about that a little bit uh, later. It's our top story. But um, regardless, the top winner is Dolphins fans because even if your team is not a Super Bowl contender, or even if they're not going to win a Super Bowl the most exciting thing to have is an electric offense. And I think scoring 70 points is the definition of an electric offense. It, it, I think the closest I got to having that much fun as a, a fan of my Falcons was when Julio Jones uh, had 300 receiving yards in a game. I think it was against the Panthers. Uh, Dolphins fans must have had one of the best times ever in their life watching their team play this past week, scoring 70 points which is hard to do in a game of Madden, let alone an actual game in the NFL. They had a chance to set the scoring record late in the game, but they ended up just taking a knee instead of just completely uh, rubbing it in the face of the Broncos. But biggest winner of the week, Dolphins fans, because this team is fun.
3: I think it's actually more disrespectful to take the knee right there. That's Mm -hmm. saying we put up 70 and we're still going to go easy on you. We weren't even trying to put up 70. We're we're going easy on you guys. See, we're kneeling the clock out. We could score more, but we're not going to. I found that almost more disrespectful. I I was a huge fan of that. That made me laugh.
2: Uh, There's a tweet sent out by Justin Cohen at Bad Boy of Scoops saying, Speaking with multiple NFL owners, I'm told there is a common feeling that Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel running up the score in the Broncos was disrespectful to the game of football. You know what I think is disrespectful (laughs) to the game of football? Allowing 70 points. Yeah, uh, maybe giving. Well, let's be real.
3: Luckily, the Broncos, you know, didn't give a extremely large contract to a washed up quarterback. Then they brought in a head coach, and hopefully, they didn't give up, you know, multiple draft picks to bring in a head coach. Uh, and hopefully, that head coach wasn't spewing all offices and how the previous coaching regime was an absolute dumpster fire. How no chance Russell Wilson's this bad anymore. How he's going to fix them. Taking shots at uh, potentially a head coach who or a Former head coach who is now with the Jets, taking shots there. Yeah, there's no chance that happened for Broncos fans, right?
2: Uh, Well, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Which leads you into, yeah, your biggest loser of the week, which is...
3: Yeah, Sean Payton, man. Sean Payton. Payton. You can't talk off-season talk all just trashing the previous coaching regime and just sitting here saying how they're so bad no way Russell Wilson's this bad uh you you know it had to be the coach this is the worst coaching display I've ever seen and no the worst coaching display I've ever seen Sean was Sunday when you got a 70 burger put on your head on your dome Sean Payton come on guy I said then and I'll say it now zero absolute zero. Self-awareness from Sean Payton. Congratulations on having a Hall of Fame quarterback your entire tenure and winning one Super Bowl. Yeah, I get it. You may have been an offensive genius back in the day. You aren't anymore. Okay. Whenever you win only one Super Bowl and have the little playoff success that you had with a Hall of Fame quarterback in your entire time there in New Orleans, you might be a little overrated. I always say he's closer to Mike McCarthy than he is to Bill Belichick. People always like to laugh at that, but who's laughing now? Come on, Sean. Get it together.
2: Yeah, and um, that's actually, it kind of brings me to why I think the Broncos are actually the bigger dumpster fire than the Bears right now, because the Broncos have the Russell Wilson contract tied up. They just traded for Sean Payton. At least the Bears aren't in like a salary cap hell. Like the Bears have two first round picks that are going to end up being probably both top five picks possibly this year. So I think they're at least in a better position to recover from this season where the Broncos aren't. I don't know where the Broncos go from here because it's. A disaster. Yeah,
3: well, they have a lot of money. That's the one thing I will say. The Broncos right. are not are not afraid to shake things up, shake things up, make some drastic moves. They have the most money in the NFL. They'll find ways eventually if they want to move on. But I'm with you, man. Both are not looking good.
2: Uh, my biggest loser of the week is me. Uh, I think this might be is the second or third time already that I'm the biggest loser of the week. Uh, last week, I don't know, if Sterling, if said it on this show, but I, I, I do a fraud rankings uh, every week on BetSided. You can check out. It. It comes out Wednesdays where I rank the top five biggest frauds in the NFL. Cowboys were number three on the list. I also went on some other radio shows claiming how the Cowboys are not nearly as good as people say they are. They are frauds. And then what did I do? I bet them to cover the spread. I bet them in my teaser of the week, and I took them in my Survivor pool. Wrong, wrong, wrong. I said one thing and then did the complete opposite. I was like, yeah, they're frauds, but they're still going to beat up on the Cardinals. No, they lost, and now I'm eliminating Survivor. You've beaten me in Survivor. I lost my bet. Not only my single bet on them, but they were also in my teaser of the week, my (laughs) seven-point teaser. They couldn't even cover a five-point spread. They lost outright, so... Cowboys are the biggest loser of the week, which then makes me the biggest loser of the week for not following my own advice when I called them frauds. Uh,
3: what do I win for beating you and Survivor? Do, do, do we whistle pig? Um, I know, don't think
2: I don't think we decided on that, but I'll, a I'll, nice uh, bottle
3: of bourbon. I, that, that's what I was I'll, thinking.
2: I'll, I'll buy a bottle of bourbon. Sure. You can
3: see over my shoulder right there. There's some there's some bourbons back yep. there. Big, big bourbon guy.
2: All right, done. Bottle of bourbon. But, I mean, we are going to get to it a little bit later, but we are still going to do Survivor. I want to see how far you can go. Deal. Um, but we'll we'll talk about that a little bit more. So there's our biggest winner and losers of the week. Uh, Sterling, you got some injury updates before yeah. we get to the top story. Mike Williams tore his
3: ACL. This is a huge, huge loss for the Chargers. It does seem like they are perpetually cursed. Let's be honest. It seems like every single year they have major, major injuries to major, major players it's Again, it's no laughing matter. You hate seeing these guys go down. Mike Williams was having a phenomenal game. Great game, right? That Chargers-Vikings game. A lot of interesting mistakes going on in that game. But Keenan Allen was amazing. And then Mike Williams also had himself a great game. But he is out for the season with a torn ACL. Jimmy G getting a concussion. Um Looked like he actually came back in that game. But now he's getting... um He's in concussion protocol, so his um, next week's uh, availability is, is still up in the air. Uh, and then in regards to Joe Burrow, uh, Joe Burrow obviously had that calf injury. He was able to play through it. That, to me, was a bit of a surprise. I thought it made sense for him to rest, but looks like they needed him in that game. He didn't have a great game, but just enough to get it done over the Rams. Uh, but again, to me, the Mike Williams injury is probably the uh, largest fantasy football repercussions out there
2: uh and I'll say Derek Carr I'll, I'll toss his name in the mix too sprained AC joint. he's week to week for the Saints but um I kind of want to see Jameis Winston play if that's who's going to step in uh if he doesn't if he can't go if they're just going to rotate Taysom hill but I, I need more Jameis Winston in my life
3: yeah just for the the comedic effect of everything he does makes me smile he yes. just seems like a nice Correct. guy like I would love to grab a beer with Jameis Winston just to hear him talk
2: yes he's the best um, All right. Top story. And maybe I mean, maybe this uh, could have been an overreact, underreact. Now, I was very tempted to make Taylor Swift the top story, because let's be honest, Sterling, that is the objective top story in the world of NFL. But we'll keep that uh, uh, for the next portion of the show. I made the top story today. Do the Dolphins have one of the greatest offenses of all time or, really? or is that an overreaction? This could be an over uh, overreact, underreact segment here, but the Dolphins 70 points last week. Uh, I think they're three points shy of having the most points in NFL history through the first three weeks. I think the a Cowboys team from the 90s had three more points through the first three weeks. Um, could have set the scoring record this past week for a single game. Uh, could have set the uh, record for most yards um, in a game. And now with the extra game on the NFL schedule, if they keep this pace, they are going to set the offensive records for most points scored in a season, probably most yards gained in a season. What's your feel on the Dolphins' offense? Are they as good as advertised through the first three weeks? Yeah.
3: Yeah. I think they are as good as advertised. I don't want to say they're the best in NFL history. That's a bold take through only three weeks. That's not even a right. bold take. That, that to me, is an, almost an asinine take to say they are the best. I need to see more. But as you mentioned, they are trending that way, Ian. Um, to what's like below, the question has always been, can he stay healthy? I've said I don't think he's the most talented quarterback in the NFL by any means. I don't think he's even a top five most talented quarterback. Quarterback in the NFL doesn't matter because he is perfect for that offense. He gets the ball out to his receivers in a very quick way. One of the um, just quickest releases in the NFL when you have Tyree Killen. Oh, by the way, they put up seven without Jalen Waddle, right? They put that up without their wide receiver, too. They have two running backs who are electric. They have speed all over the field. Offensive line has held up. Um, That offense with Mike McDaniel, with Tua Tugavaloa, with Tyree Kill, with all of the speed and the weapons, it's a perfect marriage. You take one piece out. You take Tyree Kill out, they probably take a huge step back. You you try and, and, and put even Justin Herbert instead of Tua Tugavaloa in that offense, I think it's going to look completely different. I'm not saying Justin Herbert's not more talented, because I do think he's more talented. But talented, but talent doesn't always translate to certain offenses. Tua Tukavaloa does does exactly what is asked of him, He doesn't do things that he doesn't put the ball in harm's way, gets the ball out quick. Just to me, they are a well-oiled machine.
2: Yeah, uh, Tua, once again, uh, he was the favorite last week to to win NFL MVP, even more of a favorite now around, uh, if you're looking at DraftKings Sportsbook, and if you want to place a bet on NFL MVP, use the code STB when you sign up. But plus 380 favorite at DraftKings. Tua is right now Mahomes, second on the odds list of plus 550. Then Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Brock Purdy seventh on the odds list 20 to 1 um i'm interested to see how this dolphins offense holds up as the season goes on because i think with their offense being based solely on not solely but a big portion of it is is their speed uh they are by far the fastest offense in the nfl that's a little bit easier to do in week one week two week three week four can they keep up that level of speed when you get to? Uh, The middle of the season, when you get to the later parts of the season, Uh, their offense started off hot last year, too, and then faltered a little bit as the season went on. Obviously, a lot of that had to do with Tua having concussion issues. But uh, I think speed is something that as the weeks and games kind of pile on, it's a little bit harder to play uh, at that fast of a pace. So uh, right now, historic trend. Am I sold on if they can keep it up for 17 regular season games plus the playoffs? Not yet. Um, what I, what I will say, it though, good.
3: they, they played the Chargers, who were not a good defense. That much we know, right? Yes. Uh, Patriots, I think, are a good defense, right? And yes. that was obviously their lowest scoring output of 24 points. And Denver, though, going into this year, we thought Denver's defense was still going to be solid. We didn't think it was anything. Uh, it wasn't the Jets. It wasn't the Eagles or the Niners, but we thought the Denver Broncos were going to have at least a decent defense. And they went through a hot knife through butter against him. So that to me is very impressive. Again, we understand the inflation of these numbers, only three games. But when you were averaging 552 yards per game, you look like you are a college team, right? That looks like um, the 08 Missouri Tigers. That looks like uh, Texas Tech with Patrick Mahomes down there. Um, 888 yards on the ground and 363 through the air. They're well-balanced. um Again, this is without Jalen Waddell. I I don't know how you say this doesn't keep up. I I get what you're saying. I'm not saying they're putting up 70 each game. But as far as just the uh, electricity of this offense, the ability to score at any moment, I think it does keep up. I think they probably end up as the highest scoring offense in the NFL. Maybe not a bold take considering they put up a 70 spot and the Chiefs started off slow. But it would take a dramatic change of pace for them to not be the highest-scoring offense in the NFL this year.
2: Huge game for them this week. We're going to talk about it a little bit later when we preview week four. But uh, at the Bills, that is a massive, massive, massive game. Um, but I'm looking a, li- a little bit further in the schedule. They have a three-game stretch, which is, good, which is going to be pivotal. We're really going to get, get a feel for how good this team is and how good this offense is uh, week four or five. So week from seven to week nine, they have at the Eagles, home to the Patriots, who has given them the toughest challenge so far, and then at the Chiefs. So they're playing on the road against the two Super Bowl teams in the span of three weeks with the Patriots thrown in the middle. That's a pivotal stretch where we're really going to find out what this team and what this offense is made of.
3: And that Chiefs game is going to actually be in Frankfurt, Germany. So it's going oh, it's that good, in Germany? Yeah, that's oh, the yeah, Germany was, yeah. game. So that's going to be a long travel time. That's going to be a, a very interesting tidbit there. Tyreek Hill going into this year said he wanted to be the first receiver over 2,000 yards. He's already over 400, has four touchdowns. We all laughed about it. But quite frankly, it definitely is in the realm of possibilities at this point. This looks like the best Tyreek Hill has ever looked. Yes. Uh, he always looked good in Kansas City, don't get me wrong. like He was phenomenal, but he almost looks better now. I don't know if with age, he has just refined his game more. I don't know if it's because uh, Tua Tegvaloa just gets him the ball a little quicker, if he's more of the focal point in Miami. But the speed is still there. Yeah, The shiftiness is still there. And it seems like the target share is even greater. Just the athleticism has not waned with age and the uh, experience has grown Tyreek Hill looks like the best wide receiver in the NFL right now bar none
2: yes absolutely Um, let's move on to uh, overreact or underreact. Now, this is when I finally get to bring up <laughs> Taylor Swift, which is pivotal for you as a Chiefs fan. Overreact or underreact, Taylor Swift is a distraction for Travis Kelsey and the Kansas City Chiefs. Who cares? <laughs> a lot of people do so. I get it. But like, a I lot get, of people care. I get it.
3: And I'm not going to yuck someone's yum. If you care, you care. I get it. But for me, it's – it's their personal lives. It's their personal lives. Like, if they want to date, if, if, if that's fine. That does not bother me whatsoever. It's cool, I guess. It's fine. But, like, during the game, I get it. The Chiefs were beating the Bears so bad, there was nothing else to talk about. But Greg Olson kept talking about Taylor Swift. I guess because you have to fill time. But I'm sitting here going, I, I just don't care that much.
2: I mean, during the games, Patrick Mahomes and other teammates were turning around, up looking up at the skybox, waving to Taylor Swift. Shouldn't they be focused on the game?
3: Uh, they were focused enough winning forty-one to ten. I think it was okay. Uh, when you're blowing a team out that bad, you're doing anything just to have some fun. Uh, you know, Mahomes after the game said, I "Had to get my boy Travis Kelsey a touchdown there." Um, it's fine. You know, Taylor Swift is the what biggest performer there in, in the world right now, at least He's in be the in, most in, famous in USA. On Yeah, it's very impressive, Travis Kelsey. Shout out tight ends, right? Like the tight end market's got to be booming right now. Feeling pretty good. Uh, I will say it was something from like a like a Hallmark movie, right? Uh, Travis Kelsey gets the the, he takes her to a game. He has a touchdown, scores. They they crush and they're having a lot of fun. And then he drives away in a uh, top down. What was like an old like nineteen sixty seven Camaro? I mean, it was pretty sweet. Don't get me wrong. I just don't care that much about football players, what they choose to date or who they choose to date and what they choose to do off the field. That's their own of personal course. lives.
2: Yeah. And I don't think it's going to be a distraction. It is fun. I do actually kind of love it though, because I love the battle between Taylor Swift fans who think that like Travis Kelsey is like below Taylor Swift because he's a football player. And then there's football fans that are like, she should be lucky that she's dating Travis Kelsey. He's a future hall of famer. Um, <laughs> Speaking of tight ends, uh,
3: <laughs> I saw a great one, man. I saw a really good one from a Taylor Swift account on Twitter saying, uh, Taylor needs to watch out. looks like Travis has a little bit of a hot head. It was when he was getting in a fight during training camp, when he yes. was pushing
2: that <laughs> someone was like, she should, she should watch him. <gasps> I'm like, it's football. What do what you? Uh, well, not everyone punches teammates.
1: well, well,
2: well, <laughs> Um, I spoke to Mark Andrews this morning uh, and if you're listening to the audio version uh, of this show uh, you will hear the Mark Andrews interview to close out the show uh, for watching this on YouTube the Mark Andrews uh, video will be live tomorrow Wednesday so check that out uh, but of course I had to ask him exactly about this because as you mentioned Sterling the tight end position now might be the hottest position to play in football yeah who's he dating now uh, I I didn't want to ask him about his personal life. I tried to find out myself. I tried to do uh some investigative work. I could not find it out. I didn't want to put him on the spot and ask about his dating life. Yeah, Rihanna so,
3: might be out there. I don't know. We'll just we'll just yeah. throw some
2: I didn't I didn't want to ask him like who he's now going to target to date and then he'd be like I'm actually <laughs> married and but nobody knows that. So, yeah, I didn't put him on the spot. But yeah, now he needs to step up. He's supposed to be the, the number 2 guy behind Kelsey. If Kelsey's dating Taylor Swift, he's got to find someone i don't know i think yeah. rihanna's married isn't she so oh, probably um i don't know who would be the, the next closest to taylor swift but uh he's got to get on that um all right finally moving on from taylor swift i'm sure though that this won't be the last that we're going to hear about taylor swift the rest of the season uh, overreact or underreact? Colts leading the AFC South after week three, two and one record. The Jaguars were supposed to be the cream of the crop. I think uh, one of the biggest favorites to win a division this season was the Jaguars. The Jaguars uh, have now lost to the Texans uh, this past week after losing to the Chiefs in week two. And all of a sudden the Colts upset the Ravens and over time the Colts uh, sold possession of first place in the AFC South. Should we be overreacting or underreacting to their hot start? Are they a good football team?
3: I don't think they're a good football team, but I don't think the Jags are as good as we thought. I mean, the Jags have not looked good. I know you're three weeks into the season. They have a larger sample size last year. They're getting Calvin really involved, and he's looked pretty darn good. But that defense does not look as good as it once had, uh, or once did, I should say. Offensive line has had some issues. I love Doug Peterson but I've never been as high on Trevor Lawrence as the majority of people. I think he's a good quarterback, but I don't know how much he was ever going to be this elite quarterback. And maybe I can still be wrong, but I just thought he was going to be a good QB, not a great one. That's what we have seen from him so far. Um, The Texans, as I said, are going to be a little better than people think. I don't think the Texans are a good team, but they're better than people think. Again, I said C.J. Stroud, the best quarterback coming out of that draft. He already looks a lot better than Bryce Young. He's had a nice start to his season so far. Um, The offensive line for Houston has been a big thing for him. You know, they've focused on making sure they got Laramie Tunsil signed there. They got a couple wide receivers. Tank Dell has been nice, that rookie wide receiver. Uh, They have a nice connection already between Stroud and Tank Dell. But again, the Colts. Anthony Richardson looks way more polished than I thought he would, Uh, whether it's more polished or he's able to just translate his athleticism from Florida to the NFL that much smoother. He's looked pretty good and he was out last game. Gardner Minshew got it done. Now I always like Gardner Minshew. I like his personality. I think he's funny, but he's also pretty darn good backup quarterback. Now I don't know how many games you win if he's starting the full season for you, but in a pinch, he's a damn good backup to have. I don't think the Colts are a good team. But I don't know if the Jacksonville Jaguars are a good team either.
2: Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. The Jaguars uh, were very hot in the second half of the season last year. But I guess we got to remember, and this is on me as well, because I was kind of high on the Jaguars coming this season. They weren't great in the first half. So they kind of caught fire in the second half. Maybe we'll see a similar result here uh, this season for the Jaguars. But so far, I mean, that division maybe doesn't belong to the Colts, but now it's a lot more up in the air than it was Uh, seemingly before the season started. So um, the Colts, one thing we do know that they're going to do well is stop the run. They're one of the better run defenses last year. Excuse me. They've been one of the better run defenses so far this year. Uh, And any team that can stop the run is going to be tricky for a lot of teams to face. So um, I'm going to underreact a little bit to them leading the AFC South through week three, but uh, I'm going to overreact to the AFC South now being a lot more wide open. Uh, than we all originally thought. Uh, overreact or underreact to the Vikings' uh, season potentially being over already at zero and three, a winless Vikings team. Are we overreacting or underreacting to their zero and three record to start the year?
3: If you think their season's over at zero and three, that's a serious overreaction. Yes, there are still fourteen games left. If you look at, I guess it's the start of the season, all that stuff. How many playoff teams have had a 0-3 stretch at any point in the season? The Vikings just so happens to be at the start. They've actually looked like a pretty decent team, which makes this even more intriguing to me. Offensively, they've been humming. Kirk Cousins has looked really, really good. Uh, I know Jefferson went out at one point with an injury, so that's something to at least keep an eye on. But... The defense needs to turn around for the Vikings if they don't have any hope of turning this season around, but they have time. 14 games. The offensive line has also been a little bit of a uh, disaster as well. Kirk Cousins perpetually seems to be getting hit hard time and time again, but that dude is one tough SOB. I think the Vikings bounce back. I don't think that NFC North is that good. I know the Lions are 2 and 1. Uh the Packers are 2 and 1 as well. You know, I'm not super high on the Packers. Although Jordan Love does look solid. The Lions I think are a they're probably a playoff team, but in a down NFC, I think two teams from the NFC North make it. I think both the Vikings and Lions end up making the playoffs. No, the Vikings season is not over.
2: Yeah, I agree. It's very funny, and I mentioned this last week, and it's kind of been more of the same for the Vikings, where last year they were a team that I felt had a lot of luck, and they won a lot of games they didn't deserve to win. You could make the argument they've deserved to win all three games so far this season, despite them being 0-3, and the statistics kind of back it up. Net yards per play, my favorite stat to look at. Obviously, it doesn't take into consideration a lot of things, but it's the yards gained per play on offense, subtract the yards given up per play on defense. Vikings 7th in the NFL at plus 0.7, despite being 0 and 3. So that's better marks than the Bills. It's better marks than the Cowboys. It's better marks than a lot of teams. Um, So, yeah, I'm not giving up on the Vikings just quite yet, especially just because, uh, like you mentioned, Sterling, not exactly the strongest division. It'd be a little bit different if they had one team in that division that was definitely going to win it, a team that was a 3-0, and then now we're looking at the Vikings having to try to battle for a wild card spot at best, but that division is still wide open, even with the Lions and the Packers being a 2-1. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm underreacting to them being uh, uh, 0-3 to start the year. Overreacting or underreacting, um, B. John Robinson deserves to be the offensive rookie of the year through the first three weeks, because this is a great season for rookies in general. A lot of rookies, both offensively and defensively, have had a good start, but it's still Bijan Robinson, three to one favorite ahead of Anthony Richardson, CJ Straub, Puka Nakua, Zay Flowers, uh, Davon A-Chain, Jameer Gibbs, Jordan Addison, Tank Dell, Bryce Young. There are a lot of good rookies. Does Bijan Robinson still deserve to be the favorite?
3: I would probably go with CJ Stroud or actually most likely Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua deserves to be the rookie of the year if it ended right now. Well, the season doesn't end right now. We'll see what happens if and when Cooper Cup comes back, how much that actually takes into and bites into Puka Nakua's target share, yards per game, receptions, all that stuff. Because Puka Nakua right now would be my guy. Uh, but I do think C.J. Stroud and maybe even Anthony Richardson, when it's all said and done, are going to have a good case in their own right. Uh, it's going to be difficult probably for C.J. Stroud record-wise, probably different for, difficult for Anthony Richardson as well record-wise. But I, I think this is a really deep and really good rookie class. You're the Atlanta guy here. What are your thoughts on Bijan Robinson?
2: Yeah, he took a bit of a step back this week, uh, which isn't great to see. The Lions completely shut down the Falcons offense, only 10 carries for 33 yards. So with uh, with how many good performances there are from other rookies, I'm surprised to see that uh, he is still the betting favorite. Now, a lot of it when it comes down to odds does have to do with liabilities from the sports books as well. So um, it's not just necessarily the most deserving, but you got to take into consideration where most of the money is being has been bet up to this point. Uh, but I agree, I think, if uh, it ends today. But then again, Puka Nakua, he had a decent game last night, but still a bit of a step back, five catches for 72 yards. But still, I think if the season ended today three weeks in, I think it's still Puka Nakua who probably deserves to be Offensive Rookie of the Year. But there's a lot of names on this list. If I was betting on someone to win it right now, I would not be betting Bijan Robinson at 3-1. to one. There's so much better value on this board. Yeah. Um. All right, over overreact or underreact. Zach Wilson is the worst starting quarterback in the NFL.
3: Man, um, yeah, he is. Right, I, I'm trying to think. Josh Dobbs, uh, the way Justin Fields has played, probably has his name in the ring. But I believe more in Justin Fields than I do Zach Wilson. Um, dude, he's bad. I mean, it's bad. He's gotten
2: worse. He's actually gotten worse compared to previous seasons.
3: And it was hilarious because that first game he came in, I thought, all right, he had that one bad interception. But besides that, I was like, he played solid, right? Maybe he has grown. Maybe he has learned and settled down a little bit. We know he has the athletic traits and the tools, right? He's mobile, big arm. Dude, he's bad. I don't know how much of it is. Is it mental? Because he does have a lot of the physical tools, right? But a lot of guys had physical tools. Jamarcus Russell is the name that always comes to mind. But Ryan Leaf had the physical tools. But there's not just physical attributes in the NFL. It's the mental side as well. Zach Wilson, uh, a former Jets quarterback, looks like he's seen ghosts, right? Sam Darnold said that. Looks like Zach Wilson has seen ghosts too.
2: Yeah, I'm overreacting. I think this is uh, – yeah, this is – got to go somewhere else. He has completed 52.4% of passes – 5.6 yards per throw, two touchdowns, four interceptions. And this is a team that has one of the bet- better defenses in the NFL, and they can't do anything. Ten points the last two games. Ten points offensively in week one, two, the – the uh, no, they won twenty two sixteen, 16 So they got a, a few more than ten points, but still the winning touchdown was a special teams touchdown. Um, this is not good. but a disaster. Do-
3: I don't know where the Jets go because the offensive line is horrendous. Horrendous. Uh, There are so many injuries. just a plethora of injuries along the offensive line. People are moving everywhere. Uh, You have to have a mobile quarterback. Like you put Matt Ryan back there, that's going to be even worse because Matt Ryan's getting – he's a statue, right? You put Joe Flacco back there, it's going to look even worse because at least Zach Wilson's slightly athletic, right? He can move. He's mobile. I'll give him that. I don't know where the Jets go because it's not just a, a plug and play if you get a veteran quarterback. You also have to have a veteran quarterback who is mobile, and that's going to be the issue for them. I don't know the way or the way the Jets even consider going at this point because this is a um, – this is bad, man. I think the offensive line has to be fixed first because how much can you put on Zach Wilson when he's constantly under pressure? You can put some – some. he's not good, but again, if you're not getting any, any sort of time, you got to – it's a two-way street here.
2: Yeah, it's been yeah, it's been a, a nightmare season for Jets fans who had Super Bowl aspirations when things started. Um the last one here we are we actually kind of touched on this already but bigger dumpster fire between the Broncos and the Bears you say Bears I say Broncos. Yeah. Um
3: the Broncos just because they have a they have a lot of money I think they can get out of this. I know they can't necessarily because of the contract to Russell Wilson. They give draft capital to bring in a head coach who I think was um A little too cocky about the whole situation. But the thing with the Bears, they thought that they were competing this year. Like they thought that this was their year, and they're not even close. They give a lot of money to bring in a middle linebacker, right? They tried to fix that defense. That defense looks bad, man. They're one of the worst defenses right now in the NFL. Now, I thought they were going to be pretty good, but they look bad. Um, Their left tackle, who was a uh, sophomore, um, second-year guy, pretty good last year. Now in the IR, missing four games. Darnell Wright, who I like a lot, got absolutely destroyed in that Chiefs-Bears game. And I like Darnell Wright a lot, but he was taking 10th overall. They they moved up pretty high to get that guy. Um, The Bears just – they don't look good. Just anything they have done, they've missed on. The coaching looks to be a disaster as well. They're going to have to clean house again. Does Ryan Poles, who they just brought in as GM a couple years ago, is he out? I mean – there is so much instability going on in Chicago right now. Just because of that, I think there's um, the, the bigger dumpster fire than the, than the Broncos. But it, it's very close.
2: Well, odds makers would agree with you because uh, the Broncos and Bears play this week, and the Bears are three and a half point underdogs at home. So, if you're just talking about which team's worse this season, odds makers seem to believe it's the Bears by a significant margin. Yeah. Uh, speaking of this week, uh, let's move on to week four. Let's uh, preview and give our thoughts for a few of the uh, best games on the slate. We'll start with Thursday Night Football, which is, is an interesting one. NFC North matchup between the Lions and the Packers. Lions, one and a half point favorite in Green Bay. Uh, both teams sitting at two and one atop the NFC North. The winner of this game will have sole possession of first place in the division. General thoughts on on, on this game. Are you surprised that the Lions are just a one and a half point favorite?
3: No. Not at all. I, I thought it, it should be. If anything, I thought it might be a pick'em game, too, because Green Bay has shown a lot so far. I mean, they, they've looked pretty solid. They, they could be 3-0, and right? They what, what game they lose to? They lost to the, the Falcons, right? That was the Falcons getting lost by one point. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, again, you can make the same case. They probably should have lost to the Saints, but they found a way to to win late in that one. Packers have impressed me. The Lions have, have been okay. I know they beat the Chiefs, but – they didn't do a ton in that game. They had a great, you know, fake punt. But that offense was not humming like it was towards the end of last year. Um, you know, I I think it's a pretty fair line. Personally, I might even go with the Packers in this one just because they are at home.
2: So I'm going with the Lions. One thing about the Packers um, that I don't think enough people are talking about, Jordan Love. I know he has thrown seven touchdowns and only one interception, I think. But Jordan Love through the first three weeks has a completion percentage of just 53.1%. The only quarterback in the NFL with a worse completion percentage is Zach Wilson. It's difficult to continue to win games when you're completing 53% of passes. Obviously, the touchdowns are great. Obviously, the, the lack of interceptions is great. But if you're only completing fifty three point or 53.1% of passes, that's going to come back to bite you. And I think it's going to bite him this week against the Lions. So I actually like the Lions a lot in this game. I think the Packers are borderline fraudulent because I don't think they're as good as a record or, or as good as most people think, because Jordan love is getting a lot of praise. I think so far this season that I don't think is necessarily deserved. Hmm.
3: Uh, We will, uh, We will see. I will say if we if we we are betting people out there, if you guys like to bet, take Ian's advice over mine. Uh, That much I will say.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll get to some picks here in a little bit uh, and talk about our records from last week. Neither of us were good last week. Uh, Dolphins at Bills game of the week here. Uh, Bills two and a half point favorites at home to the Miami Dolphins who have looked electric. We've already talked about them on the show. Where do you think this game goes? This is going to be the first true test for the Dolphins this season. Dude, I do not know if I'm a better, I am
3: not touching this game unless you are super confident in something. There's so many different ways I can see this game playing out. You yeah. know, the bills defense is, is solid. I love Matt Milano, Matt Milano out is just outstanding. Um, the Dolphins have retooled their defense overall from a year ago. Um, they are a little better. Uh, you know, Josh Allen at times reverted back to what he was uh, his rookie year. You know, and now no Brian Dable. I've always said that's was a big loss for for the Bills because his uh, turnover margin. Just skyrocketed up. He started having the turnover issue again the second Brian Dayball left. Well, he's yep. looked okay the past couple of weeks since that first week one. Um, you know, Miami just put up a 70 spot on what I thought was a decent defense, probably the same ilk as the Bills' defense. You know, how much of that is just the Broncos giving up rolling over? How much would the Bills understand that hey, this is a divisional game? We need to have it. They're gonna play a little tougher. I just don't touch this game, man. I think this is gonna be a great game. I can't wait to watch, but I want to watch as a fan, not as a better.
2: Yeah, if there's any game that you can just watch uh, without betting on it and you're still going to you know feel just as much ex- as uh, excitement, it would be this one. Um, I like the Dolphins getting the points in this one. I'm not totally sold on the Bills so far this season. I know they're coming off two big wins. Those wins were against the Raiders and Commanders. But when you look at their metrics, actually not as impressive as you would think after two blowout wins. Uh, just ninth in the NFL in net yards per play at plus 0.3. Dolphins lead the n f l in net yards per play at plus three point one. the next closest team is plus one point eight so obviously a small sample size three games, but analytically the dolphins um the metrics match what the final score has been in their games whereas the bills maybe not so much so um I would set this game as a pick 'em I'll take the points with the dolphins, but it's 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 gonna be a fun one for sure total at fifty three and a half so uh odds makers are expecting some points in this one Uh, AFC North battle Ravens at Browns Browns two and a half point home favorites over under 41 thoughts on this one
3: yeah give me the Ravens straight up give me the Ravens I I know the Browns have had a couple of impressive wins Uh, I know this was the best Deshaun Watson has looked even though the you know average air yards weren't great it's like he's really pushing the ball downfield a ton I think the Ravens are going to win the in a, or the uh, AFC North this this year. Uh, Lamar Jackson hasn't looked great, but they're still getting used to uh, the new uh, revamped offense, right? I don't want to say a pass-first offense, but a much more balanced offense. Obviously, they're still going through some growing pains, but his connection with Zay Flowers is very impressive already. Uh, I like the Ravens in this game. I, I think they're a more talented team, even with the Browns defense looking pretty, da- pretty darn solid to start the year.
2: Yeah, as much as I uh, don't trust the Browns' offense, it's kind of hard for me to bet against the Browns now with how dominant their defense is. They've given up just 3.2 yards per play. That's the fewest in the NFL by 0.9. So they're giving up almost a full yard per play fewer than the next best team. And by the way, the next best team in opponent yards per play, the Ravens, giving up 4.1. So. I'll just take the under in this one. Two defense. I was high on the Ravens' defense heading into the season. I think higher than most people. Um, but they have lived up to my expectations. They've been a very good defense. The Browns have been the best defense. So I'm just going to go ahead and take the under. Um, in what I think will be a bit of a slugfest here in the AFC North. So low total, forty-one and a half. I'll take the under. Nice. Patriots. Cowboys. Cowboys minus seven. Can the Cowboys bounce back after? What might be the most embarrassing loss of the season against the Cardinals? Well, probably not as embarrassing as giving up 70 points to the Dolphins, but losing to the Cardinals is bad. And they weren't even – it wasn't even close. Mm -mm.
3: Can they bounce back? Yes. Will they bounce back? That remains to be seen, but I'm going to say yes as well. I think they do bounce back in this game. They are a team with Super Bowl aspirations being in that NFC, right? They're going to have something to prove. They understand this. You know, I know it's a cliche a cliche to say, you know, they got something to prove, a chip on their shoulder. I hate that saying. But they're going to be very, very focused. The, the Patriots aren't a super talented team. I do love Christian Gonzalez, that cornerback they drafted. I, I loved it when they uh, when he fell to the Patriots. I thought that was going to be a perfect marriage between Bill Belichick and Christian Gonzalez for his career. So far, early returns look extremely, extremely good. But I do think the Cowboys are just a much more talented team. They're going to win this game, and I think they win it by double digits.
2: I will save my thoughts for this game because it's it's one of my picks this week. So I, I, I'm going to hold my thoughts on a little bit, but it's going to be an interesting one. Um, mm. The fifth game I want to bring up is Monday Night Football just because the spread's so close, but I do want to get your thoughts on the Chiefs game as well. So why don't we actually just start with the Chiefs really quick? Really quick as a Chiefs fan, how do you feel about this against the Jets? Nine and a half point favorites, not the double digit mark the Chiefs just run all over the Jets now that now that there's no Aaron Rodgers? Which by the way, this Sunday night football game is gonna be great. Now it's not so not not looking so great now.
3: Yeah, I think they do. The Chiefs defense has been really good to start the season. Yeah. They've gelled really well. Steve Spagnolo is A great defensive coordinator, especially against young quarterbacks, quarterbacks who can get frazzled easily. There's going to be a lot of design blitzes. Zach Wilson, I feel bad for the offensive line of the Jets is just horrendously bad, man. I feel bad for 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 Zach Wilson for Jets fans because I think the Chiefs just roll this game. I think it's going to look a little bit like the Bears. Uh, not as many points scored by the Kansas City Chiefs because the the Jets defense, I do think, is really good. I have a lot of respect for the Jets defense. But you know, if it's twenty eight to, to ten, I, that, that's easily the nine and a half points, right? You know, twenty eight to fourteen, even a the late the late score from the Jets. I just don't see the Jets scoring more than fourteen points.
2: Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. Uh, I'm going to take the under in that one as well. Uh, but Seahawks, Giants, Monday Night Football, two teams uh, hoping to return to the playoffs. Uh, Giants been disappointing to start the year. The Seahawks are looking solid. Uh, a 2-1 record for the Seahawks. Uh, but close spread. Giants, one-and-a-half point home favorites over under 46 and A half. little bit of a weird one. I don't really know what to expect from either team. Yeah,
3: it's two very... Up and down teams. I was a little higher on the Giants than maybe most people were. Yeah. Uh, I thought Isaiah Hodgins might get involved a little more this year. Not seeing a ton of that. Daniel Jones has been really, really bad. Uh, as a fantasy football owner of Daniel Jones, I thought, hey, his legs will be good. I'll draft him like last round. Y'all get a good running quarterback late in the draft. He's been brutal. Uh, I think he bounces back. I- I'm not a huge fan of the Seahawks defense. I know Tyreek Woolen's really good. They got a couple of pieces. But overall... I- I think you'll be able to see Daniel Jones run a little more than maybe in previous weeks. Give me the giants at home.
2: I'm going to take the over and just root for points in that one. Neither defense has been good. Seahawks offense at least has been good. Uh, I'm just going to sit back and root for points in that one. Breaking news, Sterling, Mm. the New York Jets have found their quarterback. They have signed Trevor Simeon, (laughs) pending a physical. No chance. That's better.
3: I mean, that's my point. When everyone says sign a guy, sign a guy, I'm always sitting here. Well, who are you going to sign? It's going to be someone like Trevor Simeon, and of course, it's Trevor, Trevor Simeon. Simeon. Let's go ahead and just take a look back at Trevor Simeon's career. What do you What do you say? Let's see what Trevor Simeon has done. Trevor Simeon. Let's go to Stat Muse. Uh He has completed 58.9 uh, percent of passes in his career. Uh, averaging six point seven yards per attempt, two hundred yards per game. He has thrown. Let's go ahead and see here. He has thrown forty two touchdowns to twenty eight interceptions. That's not great either. Um, those are Zach Wilson type numbers. Yeah, those are Zach Wilson type numbers. Let's let's hop in Zach Wilson. Do a little little comp. What do you say, let's Zach get- Wilson? Zach Wilson, let's get down to stats. You got to take a while because he's talked about a lot in media right now. Not great. Uh, Zach Wilson's completed fifty four point nine percent of passes, so you get a nice little four percent boost in uh, Trevor Simeon. Uh, yards per attempt six point three to six point seven. Yeah, very very close right there. Touchdown seventeen to twenty two ratio. Zach Wilson is seventeen touchdowns, 22 uh, you got, oh, has 42, twenty two picks. He got forty five
2: touchdowns oh yeah
3: so i guess trevor simeon is a little bit of an upgrade uh rushing wise though probably not much i'd take zach wilson's legs i'll tell you what it's going to be bad either way
2: yeah i think i don't think that's going to be the answer for the jets uh no word on whether or not they're going to start trevor simeon but he he is being signed by the jets pending a physical uh let's move on Uh, let's wrap up with our week four picks uh, Record-wise, not good last week. I went one and two. Uh, I was a clean six and zero through the first two weeks on this show. Last week, I went one and two, so I'm seven and two on the season. Sterling, you unfortunately went zero oh and three which brings you to three and six on the season. Yeah, you guys should be fading me. You're literally, your Twitter handle is
3: McBets. Do you see a bets in Homestretch KC? You not. fade me. Like
2: my haircut. Look at that thing. That's <laughs> faded. You fade me. You don't, you don't roll with me. All right, let's, and if you do want to fade Sterling, sign up at DraftKings with code STB. Uh, let's, uh, so we have a spread bet, total bet and upset pick of the week. You did hit upset the first two weeks and you got saints last week. So you almost went three, and oh on the upsets, which is impressive.
3: Yeah. Almost Um, is good. I hear that works very well in betting. I think if I go to the, to the bookie and say, Hey, I almost hit, can I get some bonus bets back? I think that'll work
2: uh all right best spread bet bet of the week uh i'm gonna go with the team who let me down last week that's the vikings i'm gonna take them minus three and a half against the carolina panthers i think the vikings are gonna bounce back here like i said earlier i think they're much better than their and three record indicates and the panthers stink um i don't care who starts a quarterback for them their offense has not been good um i don't think they can hang with the vikings offense i'll take vikings minus three and a half uh for my best spread bet of the week uh hey. what do you got for a spread bet hey so I went with the titans last week i thought titans
3: getting pl- uh, plus three and a half they got that hook let me roll with them well so this week i'm saying bleep the titans we're going with the Bengals minus two and a half against the titans i like the minus two and a half right a field goal uh, is gonna seal a deal for us um the Bengals have not looked good but again, another week, Joe Burrow hopefully gets a little more healthy. And the Bengals' offense, while it was not good points-wise, they finally found a connection with Jamar Chase. They're moving Jamar yeah. Chase all around the field. That looked really, really promising to me. Not only that, it's a little misleading. T. Higgins had a miserable game. Absolutely miserable game from T. Higgins. I think he bounces yeah. back. So that, to me, uh, has the, the Bengals winning by at least a field goal. I like this one here.
2: All right. I like it. Uh, Best total bet of the week. uh, Ravens, Browns. I talked about this earlier. I'm going to take the under. Uh, If you look at opponent yards per play, they're number one, number two in the NFL. Browns are the best defense by basically every single metric. Ravens defense has been solid, better than a lot of people expected. Uh, Don't love the Browns offense. I don't think we're going to see a repeat performance from Deshaun Watson like we saw last week. So I'm going to go under 41 and a half between the Ravens and the Browns.
3: Yeah, like it I like, like your analytical vision of this game. But a game that I feel comfortable on, which means I'm probably gonna lose this one, is Broncos Bears under 46. How the hell? How the hell is the spread 46 in this game? Like, am I looking at a different game here? I thought it was gonna be 36. Like,
2: what? Am I I would say a big factor has to the fact that the Broncos just gave up 70 points. I
3: yeah. Say to probably. the best offense in the NFL. Right, (laughs) The Bears have the worst offense in the NFL. Am I taking crazy pills here? Is there an NFL script that was leaked that I don't know about? Did they switch quarterbacks? Like, did they switch jerseys and it's the Chiefs versus the Bills? I am befuddled right here. No chance this gets to 46, which means I'm wrong. Probably fade me. But I freaking (laughs) love the under in this game. If the over-under was 36, I might still take the under.
2: Yeah. Good point. I mean, both offenses have been bad, both defenses have been bad too, but 46. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be tough to envision these teams scoring 47 or more points. So, uh, yeah, I like that one. Uh, let's finish off with upset pick of the week. Uh, I mentioned earlier, there was a game I didn't want to talk about until I gave up my pick. I think the Patriots beat the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, right. Big upset, seven point underdogs. I'm sticking out to my guns that the Cowboys are a fraudulent team. And once again, I bring up net yards per play. It's my favorite stat, and the Dallas Cowboys right now rank 11th in net yards per play, just plus .2, despite completely uh, dominating in terms of the final score of the Giants and the Jets in the first two weeks. Uh, you know who's one spot above them in net yards per play? The Patriots, who I actually think have played a lot better than their final scores have indicated, whereas the uh, Cowboys have played a lot worse than the final scores have indicated. So... Uh, Yeah, sure. The Cowboys have a great defense. The Patriots have just as good of a defense, Um, if not just as good, almost as good of a defense. So it's going to come down to which offense can execute. And also, generally, I'm going to trust Bill Belichick over Mike McCarthy. I think it's the best coach of all time against an overrated coach and Mike McCarthy. Uh, I will take the Patriots to win outright against the Dallas Cowboys. This always makes
3: me laugh because whenever I make the Sean Payton closer to Mike McCarthy than he is to Bill Belichick. I know people think I'm taking a huge shot at Mike McCarthy, which I understand the thought process behind it. I always thought Mike McCarthy is a slightly better coach than people think he is. He's always the butt of jokes, and I get he always looks a little silly sometimes sitting yeah, there on he, does the
2: look
3: he looks goofy. I mean, it's not it's not uh, Jason Garrett just constantly clapping as they're getting steamrolled, but but I get he's kind of a goofy guy, McCarthy. I think he's a little underrated as a head coach at this point because everyone seems to hate on him. I don't think he's that bad. I just don't think the Patriots have that much talent on that team, no matter how good you think Bill Belichick is. Talent, a lot of times the NFL will reign true. Um, I went with the Ravens over the Browns. I don't really have anything against the Browns. I know I've picked against them with the Titans over the Browns last week as a little upset as well. I just like the Ravens. That's what I'm going with. I I, I don't 100% believe yet in the Browns' offense. I believe in their defense. Completely believe in the the, the Browns' defense. But I'm still a little bit juries out on the offense. The Ravens, I understand I'm I'm talking about earlier on, hey, you know, new offensive scheme, new offensive game plan. How's it going to gel? I think it's going to gel pretty well in this game because you don't know what they're going to do. Is Lamar going to throw the ball? Is he going to run the ball? I know the running back situation is horrendous there. But does it matter? They find ways to get yards with almost anyone back there. And let's be real. The running back of that offense doesn't doesn't move the needle for me. It's Lamar Jackson with his legs. He ran for over 100 yards last week. I could see him doing that again against this Browns, uh, this Browns defense. Give me the Ravens.
2: Yeah, I, I like that as well. If I were to pick a side in that game, I'd go Ravens. So. Um, all right. I feel confident we can bounce back after a combined. Uh, what do we go? One in five last week. So let, let's do a little bit better this week with our picks. We'll wrap up with Survivor. You did win. I owe you a bottle of bourbon. I took Cowboys last week. Like I said, biggest idiot of all time. I didn't listen to my own advice. You took Dolphins, which was clearly a, a fantastic pick. So let's see how far you can survive, Sterling. Uh, You're now by yourself. Um, Week one, you took uh, commanders over the Cardinals. You barely escaped with that one. But then week two, easy win with the Bills. Week three, easy win with the Dolphins. So you can't use any of those three teams. Who are you picking in week four of Survivor?
3: Yeah, it's really lonely being the only one left here, Ian. You kind of left me. Uh, you know, if this was a zombie movie, I'm looking around saying, do I really want to go on? <laughs> uh, yeah, I do want to go on. Come on now. Give me the 49ers. I know it's the easy one this week, but I haven't used them yet. Give me the Niners. I, I feel like I still have a lot of good teams left as well. You know, it's not like it's yes. just the 49ers. I feel like I, I. that's why I used Washington week one. It barely worked, but it worked. Okay. Give me the 49ers. They're against us. The Arizona Cardinals are 14-point
2: favorites. I will say the Arizona Cardinals that just screwed me this past week by beating the Cowboys. Yeah, but the Cowboys, they're not the 49ers. Uh, the 49ers are by far the biggest favorite of the week, a 14-point favorite at home to the Cardinals, so favored by two full touchdowns and two full extra points uh that is a massive spread but yeah if you want to try to take the easiest pick of this week in theory if you base out based on betting odds this is the easiest pick of the week but yeah i thought cowboys as a 12 point favorite was pretty easy last week and we saw that one
3: and let's be real here i don't have you taking one of the picks so that means i get the full slate of board there's the full uh the full slate here yeah so i'm gonna go with the with the easier one hopefully easier one which is the 49ers
2: All right, so there you have it. That is our show. A reminder if you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, uh, uh, stick around. Don't uh, shut it off just quite yet because my interview with Mark Andrews is coming up uh, right after this. If you're watching this, uh, the video version of this podcast on YouTube, uh, if it is Wednesday, then go ahead and check out the interview uh, with Mark Andrews. If you're watching this on Tuesday, wait a day. Come back to the Stack in the Box YouTube channel tomorrow. Uh, which you should be subscribed to already. And then you can find out, you can find the Mark Andrews interview there. Sterling, final thoughts.
3: Just glad the NFL is back, man. I, it's just so unpredictable. And that's why the NFL is great. Anytime you think yes. you have it figured out, you don't. Anytime you think, okay, the Cowboys are going to crush. They've looked great. Arizona's look bad. Cowboys by 30, they lose. The NFL is just the parody is the best of any sport in my opinion the pair is what makes it so great i mean you see the miami dolphins put up 70 points If they put up 20 against the bills would you be that shocked that's why i love the nfl you never know every game matters 17 games let's freaking go
2: yeah i am upset that uh, we're already three weeks into the season um we're coming up on, on on the quarter mark what is it so if there's 18 weeks so what four after after this week we're kind of at, at at a quarter of the mark of the NFL season um it sucks but uh, yeah I'm glad it's back but it's it's already leaving us so quick um all right thank you all so much for watching for listening if you're watching this on YouTube subscribe to the channel like the video if you're listening to the audio version of this podcast rate and review the podcast that helps us out as well stick around for the Mark Andrews interview if you're listening to the, uh, audio version of this. Uh, I hope everyone enjoys this week of football. If you do, bet on it. Sign up at DraftKings, use the code STB. Uh, and best of luck with all your bets if you do. Until next time, he's Sterling Holmes. I'm Ian McMillan. We'll talk to you next week. Hello, everyone. Ian McMillan here from FanSide, joining me today on behalf of his go to protein drink, Rockin' Protein, is tight end for the Baltimore Ravens, Mark Andrew. Uh, Mark is uh, a member of Team Rock and Team of Athletes who don't compromise on their performance and never settle uh, on taste or high quality protein. Mark, I do want to talk to you, obviously, about your partnership with Rock and Protein. But right off the top, I need to get your thoughts on the story that might be just dominating the football world right now. Uh, I don't know if you've been paying attention to this, but it's the only thing that's on the Internet right now. It's been a big week for tight ends. Uh, obviously your fellow tight end, Travis Kelsey seems to be dating Taylor Swift. Does this now make the tight end position the hottest and coolest position in football?
4: <laughs> well, Ian, thanks for having me on first. Um, and you're right, man. It's a, uh, it's all anybody can talk about right now, which is, uh, you know, it's kind of cool. It's a, uh, you know, you gotta, you know, I think you gotta give them some space and, and let them, you know, have their moment. But, um, you know, Trav is doing what he always does and that's elevate the position. <laughs> Big
2: point. Tight end not really a, a talked about position, you know, uh, 40, 30 years ago. And now uh, a tight end is now the probably the most famous person on, on the planet. Like that's this is a big moment for tight ends, man. Yeah. Um, but I do want to talk to you, obviously, about the Ravens here. Uh, Todd Monken in his first year as our offensive coordinator. Uh, what has been the biggest difference for the first few weeks that you found in terms of the Ravens offensive scheme this year compared to past years?
4: Well I think that you know it's it's hard to compare year to year but I think we're doing different things you know I think coach Munkin's got um a great ability to to feel out a game and and call good plays and um he's fiery. he loves the game of football he's been he's been awesome to be around um guys have really gravitated towards him and his coaching style and um you know I'm, I'm fired up about, about where we're going to be able to go you know he's able to um you know call plays for Lamar that um that you know put him in a good spot and um Yeah. You know, I've got a lot of respect for coach Munkin and his play calling ability. And um, I think that we're just going to be able to take the next step week after week, you know, it's a new offense. So for us, it's um, we're learning on the fly. We're going to have to be um, extremely dialed into what we're doing. And um, the good thing about coach Munkin is um, he's dialed dialed in as well.
2: Now I know myself uh, as a fan, a lot of other fans, we expected the Ravens to throw the ball a little bit more this year, but at least through the first few weeks, still running the ball, 53% of plays uh, under And Do you think there's still room to throw the ball more moving forward? Or at the end of the day, is it just about playing to the strengths of the offense?
4: Like I said, I think that we're still, you know, finding our way, you know, in, in certain times, you know, and at the end of the day, we're the Ravens. We're going to be able to run the ball and um, we have great backs and we have great linemen. And, um, and we have Lamar Jackson, and that's that's hard for defenses to stop. But um, we're going to able to we're going to be able to do so many different things, and I think that's going to be able to grow as well. So um, I think from week to week, it may be a little bit different. Um, we're going to continue to to get better, uh, and that may change. So uh, we'll see we'll see what the road ha- uh, ahead has in store. Uh,
2: what do you say to the people who doubt the Baltimore Ravens uh, through the first few weeks here, um, specifically people who still seem to doubt Lamar Jackson? Can he win another MVP? Can he still play at that caliber of play that we saw from him the past few years?
4: Yeah. Yeah. I think Lamar is, is as special as ever. You know, he's extremely focused. Um, I've talked about dialed in, he's dialed in, he's ready to go. Um, He's worried about nothing else, but football and winning games. And that's a special Lamar Jackson. So um you know, you know what I have to say is that you know we're not we're not too worried about you guys whoever or whoever's you know talking bad about the Baltimore Ravens. We're worried right. about us, and I've got it on my shirt right now. It's it's all about us and and what we can do. You know, I think if we can control what we can control, and at the end of the day, if we do that, uh, we're going to be sitting in a good spot.
2: I do uh, want to get your opinion on uh, something, a bit of a, de- a debate that we've heard that's kind of been a hot topic amongst the players. And no, it's not Taylor Swift, but it is uh, the debate between playing on turf against grass. Um, yeah. a lot of injuries in the NFL recently, especially, I mean, you being on the Ravens, you're certainly familiar with, uh, injuries as well. Do you like playing on turf better than grass? Do you think the league should explore the possibility of all fields being on grass? What are your thoughts in this turf versus grass debate?
4: Yeah. You know, I, I've actually, you know, loved this conversation that it's kind of starting to come, you know, come out and come to fruition and, and, uh, guys are starting to speak up, you know, because it's, um, it's tough. You know, I think you know when you're in college or when you're first getting into the league you don't understand you know how you know bad turf can hurt but um you know i i really don't ever want to play on turf you know turf's not a turf's not a fun surface to play on um and you know as the nfl if you look at you know the real data and the real data is is your nfl guys who are playing and the guys that are playing are saying that turf doesn't feel good on the body and so um i think that's a real thing i think that's something that they need to look at and be like we need to take care of our players because um you Know there is no league without the players, and they need to keep us healthy. And And the way to do that is continue to have good grass, good grass is a big thing. Uh, you look at soccer players, they have really good grass, so um, you know, find a way to do that. And I think that that'd be that'd go a long way.
2: Uh, yeah, good point. Only pro soccer teams play on any turf, do they? That's all grass, so uh, no, yeah, make the switch. They never out. would, yeah, Mm-mm. exactly. Uh, I always I always used to feel like I was faster on turf, but then my last year playing, I got turf toe and that was, uh, <laughs> you wouldn't think a, a toe injury would be that bad until you have one. Uh, not yeah. fun. So uh, yeah. I, I am also progress. Um, you got a big game against the Browns uh, this upcoming weekend. Uh, the AFC North, obviously one of the most hotly contested divisions in all of football. Some of the best rivalries in the sport as well. Which team do you hate the most? of your AFC North rivalries, which one, if, which one do you look forward to beating, uh, every single season?
4: I don't know if I'm going to give any bulletin board material here, but <laughs> <Come on>. uh, <laughs> no, but it's, uh, we really do have an incredible division and, and teams that, um, you know, every time you play against them, it's a, it's an incredible game and, and they, and the guys bring it and you don't get that. I think, you know, a lot of other places or a lot of other places in the league within the division. So, um you know obviously the Steelers Ravens game is an incredibly big game and that's something you really got to get up for get going um because it means a lot there's a lot of tradition to it obviously Browns uh and Bengals you know obviously recently has been a big one too
2: um what are your thoughts on your Oklahoma Sooners this season by the way uh speaking about uh, how the Ravens may be a little bit under the radar this season seems Oklahoma is nobody really talking about them about being a legit contender but they are looking fantastic so far this season do you do you still tune into Oklahoma games
4: yeah yeah I'll, I'll watch a little bit it's been tough to to see a lot of it but you know from what I've seen this year is they they've got the ball rolling they've got the guys focused um they've got the defense flying around obviously Brent venables is is doing his thing um and uh I'm excited about it. Dylan gabriel is, is slinging the ball the offense looks good so um I think if they can just continue to get better each week and continue to put teams down and um, do what Oklahoma is supposed to do, and that's win games. Is uh, I'm excited about that, I and mean, I don't know if they have this week if it's Texas or not, but that's going to be a big game for their season.
2: Uh, all right, Mark, talk ta- talk to me about your uh, partnership with Rock and Protein.
4: Yeah, so I've a I've actually have an incredible partnership with Rock and Protein. Um, it's my go-to protein drink. I drink it every day. Um, the thing I like most about Rock and Protein is that. Um, you know, one, it tastes amazing. It doesn't have that chalky or bad aftertaste like a, a lot of other protein shakes do. Um, it truly does taste amaz- amazing. I actually use the uh, the Builder um, protein line and uh, I use the chocolate. It's got 30 grams of protein. Um, it's got low carb, no added sugar. Uh, it tastes amazing. And um, yeah, so they use pure, fresh Shamrock Farm milk in it. And um, it's so so good. I encourage all you guys to go try it out. If you guys want to go check out a video um, that I made with Rock and Protein, um, go check out my Instagram. It's M at M A N D R E W S, Mandrews. Um, and just we had a little bit of fun with it, and uh, it's been a great partnership. So go check it out, try it out. Guarantee you'll like it.
2: I love it. Uh, And I did just check there, uh, Mark. Oklahoma got Ohio State this week and then Oklahoma next week. Or sorry, Texas next week. So maybe you can't get any bulletin board material for me about the Ravens. Can I get any about Oklahoma against Texas? Can they take down (laughs) the Longhorns in a couple weeks?
4: Boomer sooner, man. We do what we do.
2: (laughs) All right. Love it. Thank you so much, Mark. I appreciate it. Uh, And good luck this week
4: and the rest of the season. Thank you. I had a great time talking with you.